You're listening to the Weekly Bible Lesson from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. This is the lesson for Sunday, August 13, 2023. Subject, Soul. The golden text is from Proverbs. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. The response of reading, Psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. The Bible. Psalms. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of my countenance. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. 1 Samuel And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. 
And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said unto him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant, because he loved him as his own soul. And Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him, and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. And Saul spake to Jonathan his son, and to all his servants, that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Now therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself until the morning, and abide in a secret place, and hide thyself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where thou art. And I will commune with my father of thee. And what I see, that I will tell thee. And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to thee word very good. 
for he did put his life in his hand and slew the Philistine. And the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause? And Saul hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and Saul sware, As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. Mark Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Matthew Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. I shall now read correlative passages from the Christian Science Textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Spiritual devoutness is the soul of Christianity. The divine mind is the soul of man and gives man dominion over all things. Man was not created from a material basis, nor bidden to obey material laws which spirit never made. His province is in spiritual statutes in the higher law of mind. Soul and spirit being one, God and soul are one, and this one never included in a limited mind 
or a limited body. Spirit is eternal, divine. Nothing but spirit, soul, can evolve life, for spirit is more than all else. Because soul is immortal, it does not exist in mortality. Soul must be incorporeal to be spirit, for spirit is not finite. Only by losing the false sense of soul can we gain the eternal unfolding of life as immortality brought to light. Human thought has adulterated the meaning of the word soul through the hypothesis that soul is both an evil and a good intelligence, resident in matter. The proper use of the word soul can always be gained by substituting the word God, where the deific meaning is required. In other cases, use the word sense, and you will have the scientific signification. As used in Christian science, soul is properly the synonym of spirit, or God. But out of science, soul is identical with sense, with material sensation. Kingdom of Heaven The reign of harmony in divine science. The realm of unerring, eternal, and omnipotent mind, the atmosphere of spirit, where soul is supreme. We cannot deny that life is self-sustained, and we should never deny the everlasting harmony of soul, simply because, to the mortal senses, there is seeming discord. It is our ignorance of God the divine principle which produces apparent discord, and the right understanding of him restores harmony. Truth will at length compel us all to exchange the pleasures and pains of sense for the joys of soul. Question. Do the five corporeal senses constitute man? Answer. Christian science sustains with immortal proof the impossibility of any material sense and defines these so-called senses as mortal beliefs, the testimony of which cannot be true, either of man or of his maker. The corporeal senses can take no cognizance of spiritual reality and immortality. Nerves have no more sensation, apart from what belief bestows upon them, than the fibers of a plant. Mind alone possesses all faculties, perception, and comprehension. Therefore, Mental endowments are not at the mercy of organization and decomposition. Otherwise, the very worms could unfashion man.
if it were possible for the real senses of man to be injured, soul could reproduce them in all their perfection. But they cannot be disturbed nor destroyed, since they exist in immortal mind, not in matter. Spiritual sense is a conscious, constant capacity to understand God. It shows the superiority of faith by works over faith in words. Its ideas are expressed only in new tongues, and these are interpreted by the translation of the spiritual original into the language which human thought can comprehend. The principle and proof of Christianity are discerned by spiritual sense. They are set forth in Jesus' demonstrations, which show by his healing the sick, casting out evils, and destroying death, the last enemy that shall be destroyed, his disregard of matter and its so-called laws. Knowing that soul and its attributes were forever manifested through man, the master healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, feet to the lame, thus bringing to light the scientific action of the divine mind on human minds and bodies, and giving a better understanding of soul and salvation. Life demonstrates life. The immortality of soul makes man immortal. If God, who is life, were parted for a moment from his reflection, man, during that moment there would be no divinity reflected. The ego would be unexpressed, and the father would be childless, no father. If life or soul and its representative man unite for a period and then are separated, as by a law of divorce, to be brought together again at some uncertain future time and in a manner unknown, and this is the general religious opinion of mankind, we are left without a rational proof of immortality. But man cannot be separated for an instant from God, if man reflects God. Thus, science proves man's existence to be intact. The myriad forms of mortal thought, made manifest as matter, are not more distinct nor real to the material senses than are the soul-created forms to spiritual sense, which cognizes life as permanent. Undisturbed amid the jarring testimony of the material senses, science, still enthroned, is unfolding to mortals the immutable, harmonious, divine principle, 
is unfolding life and the universe, ever-present and eternal. The science of being reveals man as perfect, even as the Father is perfect, because the soul, or mind, of the spiritual man is God, the divine principle of all being. And because this real man is governed by soul instead of sense, by the law of spirit, not by the so-called laws of matter. Dost thou love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind? This command includes much even the surrender of all merely material sensation, affection, and worship. This is the Eldorado of Christianity. It involves the science of life and recognizes only the divine control of spirit in which soul is our master and material sense and human will have no place. I will now read the three daily duties as given by Mary Baker Eddy in the Church Manual. Daily Prayer It shall be the duty of every member of this church to pray each day, Thy kingdom come. Let the reign of divine truth, life, and love be established in me and rule out of me all sin. And may thy word enrich the affections of all mankind and govern them. A Rule for Motives and Acts Neither animosity nor mere personal attachment should impel the motives or acts of the members of the Mother Church. In science, divine love alone governs man, and a Christian scientist reflects the sweet amenities of love in rebuking sin, in true brotherliness, charitableness, and forgiveness. The members of this church should daily watch and pray to be delivered from all evil, from prophesying, judging, condemning, counseling, influencing, or being influenced erroneously. Alertness to Duty It shall be the duty of every member of this church to defend himself daily against aggressive mental suggestion and not be made to forget nor to neglect his duty to God, to his leader, and to mankind. By his works he shall be judged, and justified or condemned. And from Science and Health Christian scientists, be a law to yourselves that mental malpractice cannot harm you, either when asleep or when awake.
This Bible lesson has been prepared by the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. It is comprised of citations from the King James Bible and the Christian Science Textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, 1910 edition, by Mary Baker Eddy. For more information, please visit our website, plainfieldcs.com. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.